Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. All right. We made it to 2021. Some of us scratching and screaming, but we made it. You know, um, man, I am super excited about just uh, some of the things that I really feel the Lord has deposited in my heart. Man, I was getting really nervous about three months to the end of the year. I said, Lord, I don't know what in the world you're doing. And as a pastor of the church, that's always like crunch time. It's like, okay, we need guidance. We need direction. And somebody's going to ask me, where are we going? What are we doing? And I got to know the answers to that because I'm the point man in the house that God has directed and officiated in position to know those answers. Well, guess what? God has been faithful and he has not let us down. So as, as I communicate to you this morning, I really hope that you hear the heart of God in all of this, that, that as you hear the words, as you hear the vision, as you hear the direction that we are going to strive to navigate, that you would know I'm just on the ship like you are. And as Father God guide and directs us, we're all in it for the ride. Now, I guess I'm the captain on the ship. Hey, we here, uh, you know, like somebody, you know, but ultimately, God is our navigator. I'm just the point person, but I believe that as we follow his leading, we will be successful in all we do. You know, uh, I know last year I said, it was going to be a great year. Oh, Lord, did I not know what the year was going to, it was going to unfold being and I know this morning that maybe some of us, uh, you know, want to move forward. We don't want to look in the rearview mirror of life and, and, and reflect on what God was promised last year or what even last year looked like. But I believe that we do have to look back and see what God has already spoken, what has come to pass and what has yet to come to pass. Because when God speaks something and he tells us something, we need to be able to hold on to that and know that God's word will always come to pass. His word will always be faithful. Right? And I think sometimes we, we, we don't see the whole picture, or sometimes we haven't even seen what God has promised yet. You know, so as I began to seek the Lord and ask the Lord and the Holy Spirit, I said, Lord, what, what, are, what are we venturing into? What are we doing? And I believe God said, Welcome 2021, and be reminded that this is the year to remember that God is still not done. Because I think maybe, God, maybe people this year said, well, maybe God's sleeping up there. Maybe he dozed off for a little while. He didn't know what was going on. He didn't pay attention to all of the drama going on in the earth right now. But we know from his word what? He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He never grows weary. He always has the answer, and he knows exactly what he's doing. But I think sometimes as, as we look at, look at God's watch, we think that God's watch is slower than ours. Hey, it's 2021, Lord. Where are you at? What are you doing? Let's look at Genesis 8.22 in the NIV. Now, some of this is really going to be regurgitated from last year because I believe that this is a continuation year of some of the things that the Lord has already spoken didn't come to pass this last year. But that doesn't mean that they will not come to pass. Okay? So Genesis 8.22, it says, As long as the earth endures seed time and harvest, cold and heat... Summer and winter, day and night will never cease, okay? So, you know, last year the Lord spoke to me and, and he really deposited a, a, a message really in my heart that really radiated with me. And he, and he asked me, he said, what would you do with your seed if you knew that the rain would come? 
Now, I've talked to farmers, and I know farmers, that is one of the biggest variables that's the risk. If I have seed and I plant it in the ground and the rain does not come, the seed will never produce a harvest. But what if I could ensure that the rain was coming? What would I do with the seed? Would I put it in the ground? Would I plant it? Would I hold on to it? Now, I know you hold on to it sometimes when you don't see the rain coming and you, and you don't know if the rain's going to come. Because at least if I hold the seed and the rain doesn't come, guess what? I can eat the seed. But it's so much more fruitful and beneficial if I can get the seed in the ground and I know that the rain is coming and then that, that rain of that, that seed that is planted produces a harvest. So what if we could, could guarantee that the rain was coming? You know, wouldn't you make sure that you sowed or that you planted the seed before the rain came? I've never seen a farmer when it starts raining run into the field and try to get the seed in the ground. By then, guess what? It's too late. You know, it's not going to be planted right. It's not going to be seeded right. It's not going to take in the rain. That's just not how you do it. But when we plant seed ahead of time expecting the rain to come, guess what? It causes our trust to be in the Lord. It causes our faith to be in Him. You know, so uh, late this last year, you know, I really felt like I saw the hand of the Lord working and moving. And, you know, I even saw some pouring of rain of His Spirit out on the church. You know, but I didn't feel like I saw the rain that God had promised last year. I said, Lord, I didn't see the rain. Now, the other day, you guys know we had a roof incident. Well, the other day was the rain check because it was raining and it wasn't as bad as the initial incident, but I had a few buckets. It wasn't like the rains in Africa in here or anything. The, the before, the, for before the first repair, oh, yeah. You could play some music to it. It was raining so hard. But that, that rain that just saturates everything and saturates it quickly. But I believe that there's, there's multiple outpourings. I think that there's that time where it is just that abundant rain to where it just comes really fast. But what we are looking for is that consistent rain that goes deep within the soil, that makes sure that the roots and the seed, you know, has the best potential to birth forth to life. I don't want rain that's just going to drown the seed, but I want the rain that what? Is going to produce life in the seed and is going to cause a harvest in the seed. You know, so I really sought the Lord. I pressed in a little bit harder. I said, Lord, so I didn't feel like I saw that rain. So what are you doing? And this is what he said. He said, what I have said will come to pass. The rain is still coming. Keep planting your seed. Keep planting your seed. We have to know that there's a difference between our time frame and God's time frame. Galatians 6, 7 through 10. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Verse 8, it says, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. But whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Verse 9, it says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people especially those who belong to the family of believers. So we have to understand some principles that are, that are at play here. You know, we have to see that in this, you know, that, you know, if we please, we have the opportunity to please the flesh or we have the opportunity to please the spirit. One produces death, one produces life. But you reap what you sow. It's, it's not one of those things that, hey, uh, you know, well, uh, you know, why is everything bad? Why is all this going on? Well, I don't know. It, it could be because of what you've sown. 
Now, I know people don't like to say that. You know, sometimes it's what your parents have sown. There's things as generational curses where you just are under a curse, but guess what? The power of the cross breaks all that. Now, you can stay bound or you could be set free. But we have to begin to sow seed that produces life, not sowing seed that produces death. But if I have seed and I know the rain is coming, what am I doing with my seed? If I know that I sow it, it will reap a harvest. Just the principles that God has established in his word, I'm going to reap what I sow. What if today you knew all the lottery numbers? Oh, yeah, you know, what I, you know where I'm going with this. Would you play? Even as a non-gambling guy, I may be, uh, <laughs> may be enticed to say, Lord, I had some natural wisdom. Lord, I'll tithe off of it. I'll use it to expand your kingdom, whatever. I'll go, I'll run, you know. If I knew the winning numbers, how ignorant would it be for me not to play? Now, don't mess up where I'm going with this, right? Be like, heck yeah, I would play. That'd be the best dollar I ever spent. Right? If we knew. That's what I'm talking about this morning. If we know the rain is coming, we would be ignorant not to plant seed and get it in the ground. Some of us, do you realize as long as you hold on to the seed and you don't plant the seed, it can never produce a harvest? But some of us are so desperate because the moment we hold on to the seed, we're in control. When we plant the seed, guess what? It's up to God, right? We're out of control. Now, some of us plant the seed, and we haven't seen the rain come yet, and we go back, and we almost want to uproot the seed. But what if we went and we uprooted the seed, and it rained the next day? Shame on you. You know? And we got to look at all of those things. When we look at this passage a little more, you know, it says, at the proper time. We'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. So there's a time factor to this. It also communicates as we, as we have the opportunity. So there's opportunities to plant, right? So if we look at this passage, there's three elements to the natural laws of promise from the Lord. There's moments of sowing, which is planting. There's a time element, which really feels like to us that waiting period. And then there is that reaping, which is the harvest side of it. These are natural laws. These are things, you know, like... If I sit here for the next 30 minutes, guess what? 30 minutes pass by. We can't change that. And say, hey, Lord, can you hit pause real quick? Can you slow it down just a little bit? When God grabbed the earth and he put it on his finger and he kicked it into orbit, it established time. It established seasons. What does it say? It says, you know, cold and hot. All of these things that he established, seed time and harvest, Summer and winter, day and night. It'd be a little confusing if the sun didn't go down tonight, right? But he says, I have established these things. What? And it says that well, they, they, will, they will cease, or it says they will never cease. As long as this earth is, is, is functioning under God's law, all of these things are going to come to pass. There is going to be, but what I want us to look at today is seed time and harvest. He lumped that together just with cold and heat, and we know it's colder right now, right? Most of us have used our heater already this year, and we know what heat is like. So we see these things at work. We believe these things are going to happen, right? We know that summer is going to come, and we're going to be in 100-degree weather, and this little bit of cold weather that's really inconvenient right now, we're going to wish for it. Said every Texan, right? 
But we, we, don't, we don't doubt God that that's not going to happen. Why would we doubt God when he says seed time and harvest is also a natural law that's going to happen and come to pass? This principle is just as effective and just as working in the world as all of these other ones. So each of us has a seed to sow and a harvest to reap. So we're guaranteed this in Scripture. As long as the earth endures, this will never seed. So seed time and harvest. So we should also remember that we all live in seasons of sowing and we live in seasons of reaping. Right? Some of us are reaping from the, work, the what we've sowed previously. Some of us are sowing right now hoping what? That we will reap a harvest later. But we live in that cycle. So your life is directly affected by the environment you position yourself in and, and what you sow, you're going to reap. So think about it. Water that is placed in the freezer, what is it? What happens to it? It freezes it. But let's say we put water in a boiling pot. What happens? It boils or it evaporates. So based on the condition that you place yourself in will directly affect your life. It will directly affect it. So how you position yourself, what you do will will uh, affect the outcome of your life. You reap what you sow. You receive what you dish out. You get what you get, and you shouldn't throw a fit. Tell our kids that all the time, hey. Well, it's not fair. God didn't say it was fair. He said there was going to be principles at play that you'll you'll reap what you sow, just so you would know. You want me to keep going with this flow or move on? God's given me a creative mind. I love it. All right. So, so you reap what you have sown, right? So when we look at this equation of sowing and reaping, that third element, you know, we have the sowing, we're reaping, but what about the time? Okay? Time is where the spirit is at work. Time is the God factor in there. Because from the time that we, that we plant to the time that we harvest, that time in the middle, it's, it's so unknown. But it's that moment that we trust God. Time is something we have no control over. But that Galatians 6, 9, it says, for at the proper time, we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. So we have to understand, we have a responsibility. We sow. God does what only he can do with the seed. We put our trust and our faith in him, believing that he will do what he says he's going to do, and then will come the harvest. Notice that word there? The harvest will come. Okay? Okay. So in the time between seed and harvest, you have to speak life to your seed. Did you know you can kill your seed with doubt if you're not careful? So be careful what comes out of your mouth. Speak life to that seed. Believe that that seed will come forth to life. You can also cause the seed, you, you, you know, you can, you can kill the seed or, you know, you can also cause that seed to birth forth in life through faith and speaking the word of the Lord over that seed. Isaiah 55, 11. He says, so is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God's word always works. If he's leading us to plant seed, guess what? We've got to get that seed in the ground. If we know that the rain is coming, shame on you if you don't get that seed in the ground. If you're doing what God has called you to do, then you need, need to start seeing this process the way that God sees it. Do you know that we focus on the seed, but God focuses on the harvest? I'll say that one more time. We focus on the seed, but it is God who focuses on the harvest. Because He knows there's multiplication in the harvest. He knows he know there's, ta- there's taking what is little and, and causes it to become much. But He wants the harvest. He just, you know, He, he wants that seed to multiply. 
Okay? So we have to set our eyes on the harvest. So keep planting seed, put the work in, trust in the Lord that he will send the rain and we're going to experience the harvest. Do you realize that the rain is going to come? Don't get caught with seed in your hand when the rain comes. But Pastor Noe, I wasn't ready. I, didn't, I, I, I was nervous. I was holding on to it. I didn't plant it. I didn't sow it. I don't want to say, hey, I didn't tell you. <laughs> Sorry you didn't know. I'm telling you today. Don't get caught with pockets full of seed. I believe you hold on to enough seed that, that will sustain you for life. So there's seed to eat and there's seed to sow. You've got to realize the, both of those, right? But I'll tell you what, if God encourages you to sow the seed that you thought was the seed to eat, trust in what he's doing. Because that next day the rain may come. And he may multiply what you have, that you may have what? More than enough. You guys getting something from this? Each of you have sowed seed, seed to sow. But in order to see the harvest, you have to trust in the Lord. Sow your seed that you do have. You got to realize that we're always living in a season affected by seeds previously sown. Did you know you can actually live in seasons of continual harvest if you'll continue to scatter seed? Some of y'all didn't get that. There was no amens on there. Come on. You can continually live in seasons of harvest if you continue to scatter seed. You say, well, man, every day I'm reaping harvest. Every day I'm reaping harvest. That's what God wants. But if we're not sowing, we're not reaping. But what if I'm sowing all the time, Pastor Noe? Then you're going to continue to reap all the time. You're going to live in a, in a lifestyle of harvest. And guess what? What, what, happen, what happens when you live in a lifestyle of harvest? You're going to run out of storage space. What are you going to do? Say, hey, come on, I got too much. I don't know what to do with all of this. And we see that we begin to live in life of abundance rather than living in a life of lack. Greg, what would happen if you had to pick corn all year long? And as soon as you picked it, it had to get, keep coming back. Hey, you'd, be, you'd, be, you'd, be, you'd start being a barn builder trying to store it all. But think of this process if it just kept coming and it kept coming and it kept coming. We've seen God always multiply through passages in Scripture. You know, when you had the fish and the loaves, He took what they had, but He multiplied what was in their hands already. He always takes something you already have and multiplies that. If you don't have it, you can't sow it. But if you have it, you have the potential to sow it. But I believe that if each of you would ask the Lord today, Lord, what do I have to sow? What do I have to give? And you will sow what you already have. You will see that provision of the Lord in your own life, in our church, and within our community. And if enough people do it, guess what? In our world. So what should we sow? We should sow of our talent, our time, and our treasure. So we really have to submit all of these to God. It's not always just a money thing. It's not always but our time, our talents, like all of those things. You know, and then we have to ask God to multiply our seed. Why? So we can keep on sowing. Because if I run out of seed, guess what? I can't sow anymore. But if I keep reaping, I can keep sowing. And if I can keep sowing, I can keep reaping. So we should keep reaping, and we should keep sowing, and we should keep reaping, and so on and so on, uh, until the Lord's return. So this is one of the most powerful seeds that you can sow in your lifetime. You know, it's, it's, it's the seed that leads to salvation. Now, money's a good thing. 
but the saving of your soul is more critical. What's, let's say I begin to make deposits of seeds unto salvation. I, I begin to share the gospel. I begin to share the testimony of what Christ has done to others. And then it reaps the harvest. And they come to the knowledge of who Christ is. And then that person tells somebody else and that person tells somebody else. And we see that same multiplication factor. You know, in the Bible, it says that the Lord daily added to their number those that were being saved. And it was like, oh, and 2,000 came to the Lord today. Man, that sounds like an abundant harvest to me. Nowadays, we settle for one person coming up to the altar and getting saved. But I think we have a nearsighted, unkingdom-minded way of thinking. Because when God gets involved in the process, we see multiplication. When we do it, we see addition. Well, we got one. God's like, I got 100 on your one. Because he's about the multiplication of the seed, not just the addition of the seed. We'll take a seed and say, well, hey, Trey... Jessica, Lord, how many you got? Okay, we got six seeds. All right. God sees the harvest. He doesn't focus on the seed. You know, it's really been cool to see God directing our steps over these past few years as Becky and I have led the church. When I chose to do it, I wanted to do it. I didn't know the road I was going to take. This last year was hard. I know y'all lived it, but I I navigated it. If that makes any sense to you, you're like, I hope you pray for Becky and I. I hope you pray for your pastors. And you just don't say, hey, man, he's doing a great job and good luck to him. No, I want you guys to be praying. But the Lord has been so faithful. It's been cool to see God guide and direct our steps. So I really wrote out these last three years what God has shown us. So in 2019, God established in the house that we would focus on foundation, family, and fellowship. I believe we shared about those. We talked about those. I believe we built that in our church. Then in 2020, he talked about connection, community, and commission. You guys remember that? Now you got to go back and watch all those videos we streamed. But I've seen the Lord show us specifics. What do we need to focus on to be successful as a church? And then I approached 2021. And I say, Lord, you were faithful in 2019. You showed me what to do in 2020. Lord, there's people depending on me. They're going to say, what's, what's the Lord speaking to you? What are you doing, Pastor Noe? Well, guess what? God has spoken. And he said, in 2021, we're going to focus on people. We're going to focus on purpose. And we're going to focus on presence. I like keeping it real simple. Notice three F's, three C's, three P's. So if at the end of the year, just like I, I, last year, we, we covered our mission statement, bringing all people into a real relationship. You guys know it? In Christ, by, into or towards God's. I'm going to have to put that on the wall, big, bold, somewhere. <laughs> I don't want to go back and have to re-preach that. But, we, but you know, as, as we go forward, we, we're going to focus on people. We're going to focus on purpose, and we're going to focus on presence. So t- today, I'm going to just give you kind of a snapshot of what am I talking about when I talk about people, okay? So as I look at this, when we say people, that, that's focusing on who we are as sons and daughters of God. When I finish that topic, I want you to know who you are. And I'll say, well, my mom said, my dad said, my little league coach said. I'm not talking about what they said. I'm saying, what did God say and what has God called you to be and do? Who you are. If you know who you are, you know how successful you'll be in this life. 
We got full grown men trying to figure out who they are still. And a long time ago, I wish God would have downloaded and I could have seen just a smidgen of what, where I am now. Man, I would have made a whole lot of different choices. I had somebody call me out the other day said, yeah, you made a lot of mistakes. I said, man, I want to talk about it. But you dealt with those mistakes. You dealt with the consequences. You allowed God to change your heart, and now you're where you are today. Talk about eating humble pie for a pastor. But we all, if we remember where we came from, where we've come from isn't necessarily who we are. Only God defines that. So I'm hoping this year that you would walk away saying, you know what, I know who I am. Okay, so that you are a son and daughter of God. The purpose is going to answer the why. Why were you created? For purpose. And we're going to really just hash out what purpose means. You know, you know, somebody without purpose, they're going to have very little drive. Right? If you don't tell me why I'm doing it, I remember when I first went to college. Man, everybody, my mom, grandma wanted me to go to college, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. My grades reflected it. Just going to these classes, I'm like, but why, mom, why? <laughs> like, because I told you to. There was no purpose. I didn't know why I was doing it. I didn't even know what I wanted to do or what I wanted to be. Right? Without purpose of knowing why or what, it'll affect every area of your life. But I believe as we navigate and we talk about purpose that you will know why you were created. And then presence. So this is talking about how. How do we live in a lifestyle of inviting the presence of the Lord into every moment, into our personal lives, into our family lives, in amongst our community as we go about? Being intentional as we go down the grocery store, talking to people, encouraging people, allowing the presence of God to be everywhere. When I walk into restaurants, the presence of the Lord comes with me. I don't treat the presence of God like a coat on a rack. When I come in the church, I put them on. And then when I leave, I put them back and I leave. Right? But I carry the presence of the Lord with me. I think we're going to really, really like that one. But we're not there yet. Okay? I'm just giving you a snapshot of some of these things as we go forward. So today, I really, really want to focus on the people part. Just kind of giving. And know this is an intro. I believe that as we navigate and as we look at this, you know, I was talking to Pastor Jim. I said, like, I feel like with each of these focus points, when we talk about people, we're going to have that topic, but I believe that God is going to begin to shine light on what that means, and he's going to show us in a multi-dimension, multi-dynamic of what it means. And you'll know who you are as a, as a people of God, what purpose you have, and then how to be a carrier of the presence of God, God willing, by the end of this year. Okay? So today we're going to focus on people. You know, uh, this last year, and I'm, so I'm going to start sharing some visions, some things in my heart, so I'm kind of shifting a little bit. You got a little sermonette at the beginning, but this is kind of some of the things that I really believe God's speaking in our heart. So this last year, how we focused a lot of attention on projects and our programs, you're sitting in chairs, the floor's redone, the stage is redone, you got new sound system, like all of these things. We put a lot of effort into projects. This year, we're putting our focus on people. So point to yourself, say, that's me. It says, Pastor wants to invest in me. That's going to be our goal. That is going to be our approach. 
Okay, And we've said out of the gate that Becky and I's number one responsibility is to see the gifting and callings of God within you and to push you to your God-given potential. Now, sometimes that's a pat on the back. Sometimes that's a kick in the pants. But that's, that's, what, we want, that's what we want to accomplish. We want you to be doing all that God has called you to do, right? Okay, so we're going to focus on people, not projects. You know, just like we invested finances, time, and effort in the building projects, you know, uh, by giving the church a facelift, all of these things, we're focusing on you. All right? So we'll allow uh, some time for God to really unpack what this means. Let's look at 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10 in the NIV. So this is kind of the framework for understanding who you are, okay? The who, answering that question but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Verse 10, once you weren't weren't these kind of people, right? You were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That is who you are. When we unpack this, you are a people chosen uh, by God to be His, to be holy, to be special, to be people of praise, to be people of God, to be people of God's grace and mercy. You know, if we just stopped right there, we could do that all year. That's who you are. That's who He has created you to be. That is your destiny. That is your identity because God chose you long before we chose him. He marked us. He set us apart. He called us his own. You know, God was very, very intentional with us. I know some of us want to take that lie of the enemy and say, oh, well, we were a whoops or uh uh-oh, like whatever, right? You know, my sister just uh, got pregnant with another baby. And uh, when I first saw her, she said, I'm pregnant. I said, I'm sorry. No, I'm really excited for you. you know, but it's work. It's hard, right? You know, but I, I think it is just one of those things that, that, that when God calls you to be something, he has you in mind. It was not an accident. You were not an accident this morning. I don't know who that needs to speak to. You were not created by accident. Flaw, now, are we flawed? Oh, yeah. Are we kind of messed up sometimes in the head? Yeah. Don't look at your wife, husbands. Don't look at your husband's wives. Don't look around the room and say, that's you, brother. He's preaching to you now. I'll tell you what, we were all in need of a Savior, but man, God did not mess up when he created us and he fashioned us. You know, in in Psalms 139, 14, you know, it communicates that it says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, some of you say, well, maybe, Pastor Noah, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. No, God says you were fearfully and wonderfully made. Open your ears. Open your heart. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying this morning. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. So as we focus on this people part, I want you to know that you are a son and a daughter of the Most High King. You know, when you are a son and daughter of the King, do you realize that everything that he has is made available to you? Some of you are acting like it's not. Well, poor me. Well, shoot, come on. You got to have an identity shift, knowing what God has called you and who you are. 
You know, when you know who you are and whose you are, everything changes. But you've got to have both of those. You've got to know who you are, and you've got to know whose you are. Okay? The devil wants to tell you that you are not, but God wants to show you who you are. If he can deceive you, if he can show you. You know, I think a lot of times, the moment we mess up, the devil says, oh, see, that's who you are. See, I told you you weren't that good. I knew you were going to mess it up. Some of you are like, man, I hear that all the time. You've got to realize how to silence the voice of the enemy and know what the Word of God is speaking over you because you're listening to the wrong voice. Anytime you have thoughts like that, you know, as a son and daughter, you have the authority to rebuke that voice. I silence your voice, devil, in the name of Jesus. Amen. All of a sudden, all them voices will stop because at the name of Jesus... Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Good or bad, will declare that he is king. You know, one thing God really showed me, uh, you know, I mean, I, it, was, it was late working on this message this week just because of the busyness of the week and all of the things I had to do. And I, I walked in there, I said, Becky, check this out. Look what God showed me in this scripture. And it's so cool when he shows you something, and it's not me, it's not my intelligence, it's not like, hey, Pastor Noe finally made it, to, made it through school. He got his four-year degree, so he got smarter. No, that has nothing to do with it. But it has everything to do with the Spirit of God speaking to me in moments as I prepare specifically ordering words in a way where it will penetrate your heart. So listen to this statement. It says, God just didn't see value and worth in you before he sent his son. No, he formed and he fashioned you in your mother's womb with worth and value. So he didn't make the value later. He created you with value and worth. And he chose you ahead of time to send his son to redeem you because he knew that you would be worth it. Think about this concept. He didn't make you into worth of value. He created you with worth and value to reflect his image as his son, as his daughter. Just because you've been marked and fashioned, you still have to choose to follow him. I believe there's many people that don't know Christ that still carry the mark of Christ on their life. I think some of your most famous secular music artists are really gifted by God. They're just using it in the wrong genre or the wrong field. It's like, man, that's a gift, brother. But we can use it to what? What does that scripture say? To gratify the things of the flesh. It leads to what? Destruction. Or we can use it to gratify the things of the spirit, which what? Lead to life. Let's look at this uh, passage, Psalms 139, in closing. It talks about, you know, in its entirety, talking about fearfully and wonderfully made. Starting in verse 13, it says, For you created my inmost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know them full well. Verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in the book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. And this is God's thoughts towards you. This is who you are. This is whose you are. 
that we understand both sides of that. That God is madly in love with us. He wanted us. He desired us. He had a hope that we would turn to him and be all that he's called us to be. You know, you cannot be all that God has called you to be by yourself apart from a transformation of the power of God in your life. It's not just willpower. It's not just trying hard enough, but it's a heart heart transformation that has to happen for you to be all that God has called you to be. It's a choice. Now, I believe it's one thing to know who you are, but it's another thing to reject who you are. I believe that every person at some point in their life has a moment, if I'm going to put it that way, where God begins to draw their heart. The Bible says, if you hear me knocking on the door of your heart, open up, let me in, and I will come in and I will abide in you. But I believe every person gets that opportunity. Because think about it. If you didn't get an opportunity to be drawn by the Spirit of God, well, that's not really fair. But I believe in some, at, at some moment, and some of you may know, some of you may know moments where you were drawn and you rejected God. But I praise God that at some point you made the right choice because you're sitting here with me today. Now, I don't know the condition and the position that you are in today in right relationship with God. But you will never be who you are if you don't know God and if you're not a son and daughter of God. So this morning, I plead with you. You say, Pastor Noe, I hear all you're saying. It's great. I've never seen that in my life. I don't realize. I don't feel that. Maybe you don't feel that because you don't know your heavenly father, the creator of heaven and earth that formed and fashioned you, that breathed life into you. That created you with a purpose, that created you with a plan, that built you to live in his presence all the days of your life. The moment you don't live in his presence, you realize you run to things of this world, looking for things that satisfy or kind of just put a band-aid on the real issue, which is separation from the presence of God. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden. There was a separation, and I think more so than the than the struggle and, and all of the things that entered the world was the separation factor that they faced from God. Adam and Eve had walked with God in the cool of the day, and their sin separated them from God. And I think at that moment, would Adam and Eve ever return realizing who they were created to be? And many of us suffer that same blow today because we were all born into sin, sinful beings in need of a Savior. But today, if you want to know who you are, you first got to realize whose you are. You guys stand up with me. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.